um, what we're going to be kind of talking about is, um, and I don't have a specific title for this, so maybe whatever, you know. We're not doing Matthew 5, of course, so naturally. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll finish it. I promise. We will. Maybe not this year, but we will finish it. Um, we're running out of weeks. Yeah, I do think about that. I'm like, it's February. What do you mean? It's like, oh. Yeah, it's not February. No, not really. <laughs> it's it was. <laughs> wow. Felt really short to me. Yeah. That's really weird that you said February. Why'd you say February? Because I feel like that's when the whole world like turned upside down. Or it's the best month for and it was cold then. So. It was cold, so kind of just now. That was the best month for us. It was. It was February. Sun, so oh. you, know, you guys are all going to yeah. be here dicking around getting COVID. But. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> February was the first time. Anyways, continue. <laughs> yeah. First time I heard of COVID was when I was in the airport coming home. <laughs> <laughs> just joking. That was a lie. All right. Um, so what I want to talk about tonight, and just bear with me, this is fresh. Um, so this is not going to be as polished as you guys are used to, you know? I mean, I know you guys are a little bit spoiled because uh, they're very, very polished, um, but this one's fresh. Um, it's kind of like, usually messages I'm kind of mulling over for about a month before I actually say hello to you guys. Um, this one is this week, so have some grace with me, get involved with me. And uh, we're going to have fun, okay? We're going to have a little, little funny fun time, okay? And this will um, speak to me. This will speak to you. This is not for any individual in the room. It's for everybody and everybody. Cool? Yeah. Cool. <sighs> How much you guys have damaged me. Got to preface all that stuff, you know? Just joking. <laughs> so, uh, like I said, I don't have a title for this. Um, but what I'm tempted to call it is personal revival versus personal transformation. Um, and I kind of want to map out these two concepts and ask you which one you value more. Okay. Yeah. Both are, both are good, which we will determine that both are good, but too much of one is scary and too much of the other one is scary and Lack of one is scary and lack of the other is scary. All right. So they're both necessary, but in our day and age, we value revival so much, right? Everybody wants a revival. Everybody wants something, whether it's a, um, whether it's a movement that takes over the streets, whether it is a uh, political party that takes on, they want a revival for their belief, right? Even more so in the church, the church prays for revival, so much, especially in the communities that I, I focus on and that I follow are, are all focused on reviving our land and reawakening and awakening our, our land um, and taking hold of what the Lord has entrusted us with and all these kinds of things. Yes, revival is a beautiful thing. Um, rallying to get to the next revival is even cooler, right? It takes this unity and this, this bond that... You just don't come across every single day, right? Um, and yes, I will talk about what a personal revival and personal transformation actually means. So just bear with me as I intro this thing, okay? So um, like I said, revival is not all completely bad. But I want to share with you something um, and kind of challenge what you value more, like I said. Um, and 
as you guys know, I love revival. I love them, you know, especially if you've hung out with me for a while, you know, Black, uh, Blake, rather not Black, Blake, Jaden, you know, I, I made you guys study some of these revivals of, of the old, if you will. And I've studied uh, of revivals and awakenings for probably a couple of years now, and I love them. They're fascinating to me. Um, and there's just something about them that are really just so attractive, right? Whether it's just to me or to you guys at large, it's just there's something attractive about a community of people who shuts down their entire lives to worship the Lord every single day of their lives, right? That's what happened in the Brownsville revival. They shut down their entire lives for months at a time and met at one church every single day and worshiped from seven to seven, whatever the, whatever the hours were. And worshipped and worshipped and sought the Lord. They saw all these miraculous things happen in their midst. But the sad thing is that they end. And it's really troubling to me, you know. Yeah. And it's obviously not Holy Spirit saying, okay, revival's done. <laughs> Let's leave kind of thing. It's, it's us, our, our, our lack of focus and our, our, our scatteredness of, okay, well, that was cool. Now I'm going to go to Missouri and try to start the same thing bringing my agendas and all that kind of stuff. But I'm not going to get too much into that, okay? So revivals are wonderful. Wonderful, beautiful, beautiful things. Yes? Yes? Okay. So as I was asking the Lord what he wanted to share tonight, um, and guys, sorry, this is a little bit repetitive, but um, I, he showed me this picture um, and this this vision of um, could he, kind of what he wanted me to share and kind of what he actually put on my heart and convicted my heart of and it was this picture just kind of for sake of explanation it kind of looked like a overhead of a clue board okay everybody played clue yes love hate relationship with that game kind of thing right everybody cheats in that game i don't know everybody cheats in that game right just like what's come with everybody Benji was the first one to shake his head. Yeah, but you don't see I'm trying to build you up. You can't self-incriminate like that. So it was this picture of this clue board. And I, I remember playing clue as like a little as a little boy, and I would always get so frustrated and annoyed at this game. And the reason was was because I hated the process of getting to each room. I hated that I, everybody else had to go before I got to roll the dice again and hope that a six would roll so that I could actually get to another room so I could make another claim, right? And it felt like every single time that I would write, uh, that I would roll these dice and it would hit my turn, right? If you've played games with me, I, it's, I, I love when it's my turn, right? If you that's my line. I, I, I love when it's my turn because I can change the world when it's my turn, right? Especially if you play Monopoly with, with me. It's tough for you guys. I'm sorry, but maybe... Yeah, cheaters. Okay. What were you saying about? Um, and what? Concussions. So I felt bad for. Um, so even better. Same time. All right. But anyways, so I I would always get so frustrated. I would come around to my turn and I'd roll a two. I'd be like, oh, I can't freaking do anything in the hallway. Just like a sitting duck in a hallway, you know? Right. Talking about clue. And then somebody would pull me into the room that I didn't want to go to. Right. And I'm like, well, now I'm stuck in this room and I've got, I, I can't make the claim in the billiard room where I actually want to be. I'm on the opposite side of the board now, right? You get what I'm saying? Yeah. 
I would get really, really annoyed with the process of the hallway, <laughs> right? Because I'd have to roll good in order to get to my destination, all right? So um, back to the vision, <laughs> okay? So back to the vision. I was, I was in this doorway, in, and for just sake of explanation, it looked like a clue board, all right? I was in this doorway walking out of a room, and I saw my next destination. I saw where I was supposed to head next, and I started running, right? Natural reaction, I'm really excited, especially with that backdrop of who I am as a person. I, I, I ran towards that destination, and then, then the Lord spoke and says, Lex, it'll be faster if you actually walk. And it was, in, it, it was all in this of, um, it was this illuminating of this truth of how much how much the Lord values the process and how much more I actually value the destination. Are you guys with me? Did that make sense? Yeah. Where he was excited, hey, let's walk. This will actually be better for you. This will actually be more nurturing for you. And it will be quicker for you if you just walk through it and don't rush to that destination. Right? Obviously, we all love shortcuts. I love shortcuts, right? I don't play Grand Theft Auto the correct way. I play Grand Theft Auto with every single cheat code so I can have every single gun and all the money so I can build all the cars, right? I don't play Sims the correct way and say, oh, well, I'll just start in a shack and then work my way. No, I get the cheat codes and then I build the dopest house possible and then I live in it and yeah. Do you get, do you get what I'm saying, right? I love shortcuts. I do, right? I love shortcuts. Anybody else relate? Everybody else yeah, loves yeah. shortcuts, right? Madison always thinks she has a shortcut when she's driving. I'm oh, going to take do. this way you instead of, yeah, sure, okay. All right, everybody loves shortcuts. It's who we are, right? Especially if you're a video gamer, right? Like, okay, how can I game the system so I can get to the next point faster, right? Or how much... How much cooler would it have been to say, okay, I want to play guitar, and then therefore, now I'm Jimi Hendrix. And the process was now void, right? You get what I'm saying? Does this make sense? Yeah. Right? Nobody wants to play Little League. They want to go straight to the pros. Does this make sense? Yeah. We all love shortcuts. But the Lord loves the process. We like the microwave. He likes the trigger cooker good can't wait till i get one all right and i don't i don't i hope the way i'm communicating this i i don't want it to minimize how the lord feels about the destination or else he wouldn't put a destination right yeah. um and for sake of analogy like what i mean when i say destination is you know not just that larger destiny but your next place that the lord's called you into that breakthrough that you're that you're going after, all these different things. Does this make sense? If you're contending for healing, are you actually going to just pray for it once and hope that it happens? Great, I love those too. But are you actually in the midst of the process of praying daily until it comes to fruition? Right? Do you understand that? The Lord is attracted. I'm I, I'm going to put words in His mouth tonight. Okay, <laughs> I am. So just bear with me. The Lord is so 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 attracted to your commitment to something rather than your cheat code to get to it. I have so many heroes of the faith 
where I'd love to be where they're at now, but the process that they did to get to that place, I have zero interest in. Right? Like, oh man, I just want to know without a shadow of a doubt, walking up to somebody on the street corner and knowing exactly what's going on with their body, their mental state and everything about them. That didn't just happen overnight. The process of unity with the Lord. It's the process of relationship with the Lord. Does this all make sense? Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'm painting this picture of process versus destination. Okay, I love the destination. I need to fall in love with the process. Okay, are we all with the same page here? Okay. Right? On paper, it sounds really good to move quickly to the next destination. Right on paper, it sounds like, oh man, he's super motivated. He's like so ambitious. He's so quick to be obedient. But like, okay, what am I actually missing if I'm not actually called to be running down that hallway? And is there a chance that I could actually slip and fall? Right? Does this make sense? Yeah. Okay. The Lord loves the process in getting to the door. Okay. In getting to the destination and getting to the breakthrough. So I guess, why am I telling you this? Because I want to pose this question to you, okay? Here it is. Am I more excited about personal revival or personal transformation over my own life? And remember, this question is just for you to ask yourself. I don't want us to even think about anybody else in the room, anybody else above and beyond that, just over your personal self. It's easy to self-diagnose each other, (laughs) right? Well, Blake is so so freaking addicted to the process that he just sometimes shuffles them all away. It's really <laughs> annoying. No, we're not going to self-diagnose, and that's not what Blake's doing. So just don't. It was just an example, okay? <laughs> I should have used the guy named Chad or something because I know no, I don't know any Chads. All right. So again, I really want to make sure that you hear me on this. Of this question is for you to ask yourself, not to diagnose other people with. Okay? Did you hear me? Yeah. Easy to diagnose, right? Because we know everything. We're so smart, right? But I want you to actually say, what am I doing? Where am I at with the Lord? And am I using cheat codes or am I in the process? Or what am I calling the process that's actually not the process? And I'm actually in this, I'm in this roundabout that I can't get out of. And I just keep on circling it and circling it and circling it and revisiting that last door, revisiting that last door, revisiting the last door, driving past where I'm actually supposed to exit. This makes sense. That was a really good analogy. I hope you heard me. Okay. So I want to kind of study these two concepts and, um, and uh, want you to think through this. What do I value more? And the best way to kind of talk through this is understanding which one, which are, what each means. Okay. So I want to start with revival, personal revival. What does this mean? Anybody have a guess of what a personal revival would be? I don't know, my first kind of thought when I think of it is like almost the rededication of uh, like um, that, or in other words, like the, the refire um, going for the Lord. Cool. Anybody else want to add anything else to what Blake said? I just think like, yeah, those on fire moments where, you know, you just like, you almost want to shut down your entire life and just purely focus. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. Or like after camp, 
<laughs> that's the easiest. Yep. yep. I think of it as like um, the Lord birthing something new in you. And okay. It's yeah. Not like a moment, but like a sustainable. I don't know. Thing, not thing, but I get it. Yeah. The Lord bringing something. Totally. Anybody else want to add anything else? Yeah. Um, I think of it kind of as like maybe a manifestation of something like in a moment. Okay. Cool. I agree with all of these things, right? It's a reawakening of a religious fervor, right? Of a belief fervor. It's a, and it, it's almost especially by the means of a series of evangelistic events. No. In, in an instance, uh, revival is an instance of something becoming popular, active, or important again. Okay? That is a really interesting way to look at it, right? It's an instance where something becomes popular, active, or important again. What about for the first time? Huh? Yeah. Sweet. So, thanks, babe. So, what does it... Makes sense in my Yeah, no, it makes sense too. I, I get it. <laughs> So what does this mean in a personal sense, right? I agree with Blake. It's like a rededication. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's the ignition switch on that flame again. It's this rebirthing of excitement around my belief, right? Whether it be Jesus, Buddha, or whatever you want to believe, that can all be a revival, right? We're obviously going to talk about Jesus tonight, okay? So I promise you, okay? This is very, very good right it's a rededication of an expression to the lord right you almost falling in love with him again right we've all had these moments right church camp totally right saturday night you're freaking i'm weeping and here we go oh my gosh do you remember camp and yeah then you start crying i, I just saw that meme again where is it holds yeah. on you know yeah oh, uh, so, <laughs> so um like it's these beautiful things, and it's a very good thing, but I want you to remember that revivals end. Revivals end. They really, really do. Every single revival ends. Why? Because fire can end. If I don't keep on stewarding that, or what's the proper word? Stoking. Stoking, thank you. If I don't continue to keep on stoking the fire and keeping it moving around and keeping it fresh, that flame will burn out. Okay? So in a personal sense, it is this, oh my gosh, Lord, you are holy and mighty and strong, and I'm going to lay down my entire life for you. And I love that, right? I'm not diminishing that at all. I love it. But we've all had these moments in our lives where that has dwindled. Right? where that excitement has dwindled. You guys with me? Yeah. Or is that just, is that not you guys? Right? 
some of you guys have even had that revival here on some of your couple first times that you were here. I'm like, oh my gosh, this, okay, I love the Lord again, <laughs> right? We all have, we've all had these moments. Okay, I just want to read a couple scripture verses and then we'll, then we'll kind of go into the personal transformation. I just want to kind of lay the two things out for you first, okay? So everybody have Bibles ready? Yeah, because I'm going to need help, all right? Who's got a, do you want to, okay, here we go. Um, Psalm 119, verse 154. You want to get one? Sure. Psalm 51, verse 10. Babe? James 4, 6 through 8. And I just want to read one at a time and kind of dissect them one at a time. Okay? Uh, Jaden, why don't you go first? 119. 154? Yeah. yeah? Cool. All right. Psalm 119, 154. Plead my cause and redeem me. Give me life according to your promise. Perfect. So you see what's happening here? Read it one more time. Actually, everybody listen. Plead my cause and redeem me. Give me life according to your promise. This redemption is a revival. Yes? And this is, this is the, the psalmist voicing this to the Lord, correct? Right? This is not the Lord, quote-unquote, speaking. It's, it's him writing this, and it's his cry to the Lord. Redeem me, O God. Right? This is what revival looks like, okay? So good. Everybody write that down. Psalm 119, 154, so you can study it when you look at your notes again, right? Okay. Who's got Psalm 51? Benji's got it. Psalm 51, verse 10. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Create, right? Create in me, O God. This is a revival. This is a personal revival that the psalmist is, is begging for. Created me a new heart, right? It's this newness. It's this, it's like a, re, when you revive something, what do you do? You bring it back to life. Yes? When you revive somebody, right? You bring them back to life. That's what the psalmist is saying is bring me back to life, oh God. Set my heart ablaze for you, oh God. Create me a clean heart, God. Okay? Yes? Yeah. And then what? Yours? James? Um, Benji's was Psalm 51, verse 10. James 4, 6, 6 through 8. But he gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands to sinners, and purify your hearts to the one God. Great. And what this is showing us is our involvement in it. Right? cleansing your hands, moving towards that relationship, right? We can't just all of a sudden say, all right, Lord, revive me. Okay, cool, I'm going to go on, right? No, it's, there is this involvement in it, right? There is this unity that takes place. Does this make sense? Yeah. Right? And in that, in that James, those couple of verses in James, it actually shows what a revived person acts like. Yes? Read it one more time for us. Catch this. It actually shows what a revived person acts like and sounds like and wants to be like. 
but he gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but Pause. gives grace. He opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Right? That's revived, yes? Yeah. You with me? Okay, yeah. keep going. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Excellent. Resist. See these key words that are in here? Yeah. They are all in a stewarding of a revival, a personal revival. Is that, that's it, yeah? Draw near to God and he will draw near oh, to you. Most Cleanse part. your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Great. And then this drawing near of you, drawing near to God, him drawing near to you. Does this make sense? Yeah. Are you seeing kind of what's going on here? <laughs> a revival is when you come awake again, when you are actually lifted from the dead. It's like... It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. That is a revival. That is a personal revival. Does that sustain you? I don't know. I want you to answer that question tonight. Does a personal revival sustain you? Or will it go out? Okay. Make sense? Yeah. So far? We're good? Yeah. Okay. Now, kind of want to flip, flip the script here. Let's go personal transformation. When you hear personal transformation, what do you think of? I think of like ripping a house down the studs, starting over. So a renovation? Yeah. Okay. I think of those moments where like, I don't know, I look back at my life and I see things that I used to do that I no longer do kind of a thing. That's what I think of. Oh man, I used to treat these people this way, but now I treat them this way. I don't even have to think about it. Or, man, my speech and mouth has gotten a little cleaner. You know, I don't remember the last time that, you know, those kind of things. So, what is that? Actions, character, yeah. morals? I think, yeah, I think it's more character, but I think those are like byproducts of that, you know? Great. Yeah, I get it. What else? Personal transformation. What do you think of? something different yeah right i cannot be transformed unless i become something completely new okay like the transformers all of a sudden a camaro then a crime fighting robot right that's all they do they just fight crime pretty much and defend that cube thing yeah. right Decepticons. I just really like Shia LaBeouf movies, so I don't know either. Oh, shoot. I forgot to read a scripture of personal revival. Didn't Shia LaBeouf make you think that? Yeah. And I was like, why is my Bible open to Ephesians 5? And then I looked up at my notes in Ephesians 5 then. All right. Forget about transformation real yeah. quick. We'll just do that whole bit again. Yeah. And we'll... We'll see Transformers if you're... Transformers cube. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right. Uh, seriously, personal revival. Ephesians 5, 14 through 21 is what I'm going to read, okay? I, I totally forgot. This is hilarious. All right. Told you. Not as polished. You guys are spoiled. All right. Didn't land. Okay. Verse 13. Uh, yeah, because that's where I'm going to start. Verse 13. But when, <laughs> I hope you already wrote that down and now you have to scratch it out, Katie. Sorry. All right. Verse 13. But when anything, <laughs> Katie doesn't think I'm funny anymore. Yeah. So 
Yeah. yeah barely a smile. No more courtesy giggles. Uh, anyways, verse 13 in Ephesians 5, it says, But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Great. Verse 15. Look carefully, then, how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of your time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish. What am I reading to? Is that 21? Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And 18. Do not get drunk with wine, but because that's debauchery. But be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always for every good, for everything, uh, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Okay? A personal revival comes with a huge level of reverence. Do you think a, a thing like the Brownsville Revival, right? All you need to know is the basic surface level of it. Months at a time, hundreds, almost thousands would gather in one church every single day for months at a time. It's amazing, right? Do you think that came with no reverence? No, it came with every ounce of reverence that a body could handle. Right? Are you getting me? Yeah. I cannot have a personal revival or, frankly, a revival at large with no reverence. If I have no reverence to the Lord, it's just like, okay, I'm the captain of this ship yeah. and adios. I'm sailing wherever I want to go. Does that make sense? Right? Reverence is, oh my gosh, I'm in awe of the Lord. I'm just going to fall face down in front of you, Lord. And whatever you want to do goes right? That's a personal revival. Maybe you guys have had those moments, right? Maybe you guys have had these divine moments where it's just like, all right, I'm not moving from this place until he tells, until he physically picks me up because I feel like I'm one with the ground kind of thing, right? Ugh, it's amazing, right? Where these divine encounters with the Lord where it's just like, oh my gosh, is there anything else that I could ever do with my life that would not yeah, do you get what I'm saying? So, in all of this, he's showing how a believer, how a revived person is ought to walk. Look carefully then how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise. Look, making the best use of your time. All of these things, right? This is a revived person. This is a person who has experienced a personal revival over their own life by the blood of Jesus, right? I can't, I can't make my own revivals. If you hear one thing out of this portion of this sermon tonight, you can't make your own revival. You can set the table, but you can't make it happen. I wish I could. I'd have to... <laughs> I'd have a dope freaking following. It would be a cult, <laughs> right? It would be, it'd be creepy, right? 
I could control everybody's revival and everybody's emotions and I could concoct this portent, right? But that would be a revival of you being revived to Lex Martin. And good luck when it comes to Judgment Day, right? But like a Holy Spirit revival, a Holy Spirit download, a Holy Spirit, hey, Jesus did this for you kind of moment, right? Anybody have one that they're like, oh man, I really just want to tell everybody about this. On these personal yes. revivals. Zach? Yeah. Um, so for the first 19 years and some change in my life, I was going to church, but I never took anything seriously. I didn't like really know. I knew who the Lord was from a very surface level. Um, yeah, from surface level, but not his true character. Um, and one of the first few times I came and I actually encountered the Lord and I actually met the Lord, I would say for the first time, um, it became like an uncontrollable, just like yearning for his presence, really. Like just wanting to know more about who Jesus was, wanting to be closer with him. Um, and it, yeah, I would say it was revival because it, it happened um, only through the Lord's will. Um, and it totally renovated everything that I'd ever thought. Um, yeah. Great. Yeah. It's a moment where Holy Spirit intervened on your behalf kind of thing and said, all right, wake up, oh sleeper kind of thing. Yes. All right. Anybody else have one? Even if it's quick, short, sweet, and to the point. So I was in worship one day and uh, just kind of had this come to Jesus moment when I was like 18 years old of like, okay, like the rest of my life is starting and I care way more about this, this, and this than I do about the Lord. And so just told the Lord that and was very honest and asked the Lord to let's split that upside down. And, and I haven't thought that way since. And um, everything in my life changed after that. It was a very simple, but very beautiful and honest moment. Love it. Right? that makes sense yeah. my painting this picture of what a personal revival actually sounds like yeah what it looks like what it can be okay cool now personal transformation okay we're gonna flip the script and start about we're gonna talk about the, the other one personal transformation okay so when you hear personal transformation what do you think of transformers I think of the process. Like, like it's um like it being hard, I guess, is like and long. To be transformed. What? I don't know what you said. You think of the process? And that I is, correlate, I correlate like the process, like process and transformation, like in the same, that's just what I think of. Okay. And that it's hard and long. Well, like it's not 
on fire moments, you know? Okay. All right. What else? What else? It, it's okay if it's the same answer. I just want to make sure that we're, uh, yeah. we're kind of flipping our minds into personal transformation. I know we already did this, so it should be very easy. Becoming something new. Becoming something new. Thank you. Great. Let's just keep our minds fresh on the new thing. Cool. I think of, uh, I, I said to tearing house on the studs, but I also think of uh, like building something with my dad. Cool. Great. Yeah, I love that. Any, anybody else? The personal transformation. Not a story, but definition. Change. Great. Difference in character noticed by the byproducts. Great. Cool. Anybody else? I agree with Ashton. That is I would say the process of becoming something new or the process of changing. Excellent. Great. Go ahead, Zach. I think of Paul as an example. Okay. Kind of the, like the Acts 9 shift and then. Exactly. Okay. Cool. Love it. So transformation is a make, um, yes, to make a thorough or dramatic change in the form, appearance, or character of. That's what transformation means, okay? To make a thorough or dramatic change in the form, appearance, or character of, okay? To change the con the character or the condition of a person to to change the outward appearance of the the change of maybe your manifestation to the world kind of thing right your the way you speak the way you walk the way you talk the way you do everything it's a change right and it doesn't look like the old it looks like the new yes Okay, so again, we're gonna do the, kind of the same thing. I need your guys' help, we need Bibles ready. Okay, Who's, who wants the first one? Okay, Madison, Galatians 2.20. And then Jaden, Romans 12.2. Maybe you don't even need to work, look that up. <laughs> Who's got the next one? Philippians 1.6, Benji. Zach, you with me? Yep. Well, you can write them down as uh, as we read them too. Just I know I'm rattling them off pretty quick. Okay. Um, Zach, do Luke six forty three through forty five. Okay. We'll, we'll pause there. Might do more. Okay. So who's got the first one? Read it. I went up because of a revelation and set before them, though privately before those who seemed influential, the gospel that I proclaim among the Gentiles in order to make sure I was not running or had not run in vain. That's Galatians 2.20. Oh, I read 2.2. I was a little confused, but I thought she was <laughs> Forget about what she just read. That's cool. But... <laughs> Galatians 2.20. Um, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That one makes a lot more sense, yes. Um, I'm going to kind of spend a little bit of time on this one just because I can't help myself. Let me turn to it. 
Galatians 2.20, it reads, I want to kind of break it down fragment by fragment, okay? Here I go. Here it is. I have been crucified with Christ, okay? Everybody understand what that means? If you don't, here's what it means. I have been crucified with Christ. When Christ was crucified, so was I. Yes? Not me in my bodily form, right? Sometimes we value our body way too much. But actually, when this says, I have been crucified with Christ, it has nothing to do with my body. It has everything to do with my spirit and everything to do with my soul and everything to do with my destination that I could walk into. Yes? Okay. So I've been crucified with Christ. One. That means I have died. Yes? Being crucified means that you die. Okay? Just to put it simply. All right? And then he continues and says, it is no longer I who live. Great. Why? Because you've died. Because you've been crucified with Christ. But then he continues and says, but Christ who lives within me, which then makes me alive. Okay? So I've been crucified, dead, and it's no longer I who live, dead, because I've been crucified, and then because Christ is the one who now lives within me. So now I'm fully alive. I don't know about you guys, but those are exact opposites. Being dead is the opposite of being alive. Yeah. I know. Profound. This is deep. I know. Shattering the, shattering, the, shattering the crust of the earth tonight. Okay? So, exact opposites. Does one look like the other at all? Have you ever seen somebody dead? Don't answer that. It might creep me out. All right? If you've seen somebody dead, it's like, oh, you don't look alive. Oh, and that's the natural response. Correct? That's the natural response. It's the exact opposite. A dead person does not look like an alive person. Okay? So, been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. And the life I now live in the flesh. Yes? So, talking about my body now. The life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. So, what's this saying? I can only be alive if I have faith in the Son of God. Otherwise, I'm dead. Did you hear that? Again, complete opposites is alive and death. And the only way I can be alive is with Jesus Christ living through me. Yes? Okay. Does that all make sense? I love that scripture. Cool. Who's got the next one? Who's got Romans 12 2? Romans 12 2. Romans 12 2. Here we go. Cool. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Great. You knew that this one was going to come up, right? Hopefully you did. It just happens. This one is the perfect one. Do not be conformed, but transformed. Guess what? Opposites. Again, yes? Do not be conformed, but be transformed by the renewing. Yes? Yeah. By the renewed mind, not the old mind. That would be really weird. Because then it would be, say, then it would read, what? Be conformed. 
and use your old mind to do it. Right? And then that would be the end of the verse. Right? That would be stupid. But it says, don't be conformed. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yes? Okay? And then you understand all the rest of it. Okay? Make sense? You guys with me? Yeah. I'm boring you tonight. Good. Because we're just reading scripture tonight, so. You do the math. Uh, who's got the Philippians? You got the Philippians? Yeah. Philippians 1 6. And I am sure of this that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. All right, this one's cool. Because he's sure of it. Get it? <laughs> it didn't land. Don't. All right. That he who began the good work. Okay, so what's that began? Transformation. What's the began? What was the beginning? Oh, no. Oh, you shouldn't be. He who began the good work. What was the beginning? What did he begin? What was the good work? The what? These words. The uh, the crucifixion rising again. Is that okay? okay. Is that the beginning? Not it was the revival. Yes. Yeah. That's the beginning. The good work in you, not the beginnings. No. Not the good work of oh, he created the earth. No, it's it's an okay work, but the good work that he's done in you, right? He said that was just good, but he's done a good work in you, and he calls you his handiwork. Yes? Okay, cool. So, he who began the good work in you, who revived you, right? Yeah, I saw your hand motions. Who revived you is going to bring it to completion. What does that sound like? A transformation. So, it begins with a revival and brings it through to completion in the day of Jesus. Yes, does this make sense? Okay, good. That was Philippians 1.6. Who's got the Luke one? Okay, Zach, give it to us. All right. Uh, Luke 6.43. For no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from a bramble bush. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces a good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. Catch all that? Do I need to dissect that one? Can I help myself? Yeah. <laughs> Now turn to John 15. Let's tie a bow on that too. John 15 and read that one as well. John 15, what? Verse 1. Okay. How many verses? I don't know. I'll tell you when. Okay. Uh, John 15. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. 
Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Perfect. I am the vine. Excellent. (laughs) Thanks, Zach. So you get what this means? Yeah. Okay, so going back to Luke 6. For no good tree bears... For no good tree bears bad fruit. Yes? Yeah. Nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. Okay? Figs are gathered out of fig bushes. Thorns are gathered out of thorn bushes. Yes? You get what this is painting. I love that the Lord, that Jesus exclusively uses plants and crops and harvest. Because what's involved in that? A transformation. A process, right? Just like a butterfly, right? It'd be really, really weird if a butterfly gave birth to many butterflies. <laughs> Could you imagine that? Yeah, it'd be really cool. And it would be like, whoa, that belongs on the, you know, Blue Planet series, right? Right? <laughs> Or a green planet, I guess it would be underwater. The you know, the Netflix series. Yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah. So it would be really cool and it would photograph really cool. But like at the end of the day, it would be really, really weird if a butterfly just burst out little mini butterflies. But there's this process that it goes through. Right? It would be also weird if pine trees just all of a sudden dropped out new pine trees out of them instead of pine cones, right? It would be freaking bizarre. Well, that's exactly what they are. Okay? It would be really bizarre, right? Yeah. It would be really weird if a weed just all of a sudden didn't need wind and it would just say, cool, here's another weed. No, but that's how weeds spread is through wind and through your shoes and all these things and they start do you get what i'm saying yeah. there's this process involved especially with a seed to a plant you understand that like some of those huge that huge ugly ass cottonwood out there started as a little itty bitty seed right yeah and so did you like not to get too graphic but like Look at what you're transforming into be, right? You guys have changed so much even since I've known you. Zach's got a mustache, right? I didn't even, he didn't have a mustache when I met him, right? Jensen's big. Huh? Jensen's big. Jensen's big. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Kind of, right? All of these things, do you get it? We all have these processes that we're going through. It's transformation, okay? So that's what, that's what, um, that's what Jesus is saying here, right? A good, a good tree can't produce bad fruit. What are you transforming into being is what Jesus is saying here. Are you trying to mimic some other plant or other, some other bush? Or are you trying to mimic the truth? Does that make sense? Okay. Cool. Now I want to, I want to read one more piece here. Let me remember for time. I think it's in Second Corinthians. And I'm I want to say it's a five instead of no, it's three. Second Corinthians three. 
we'll start in verse four and I'll read it, okay? You with me? Yep. You sure? Second Corinthians Second Corinthians chapter three. Verse four. And I'll read this, okay? Such is the confidence that we have through Christ towards God. Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as, as coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God, who has made us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the, for the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. You see the two contrasting here? Do you see the two opposites here? Do you understand this? Okay. Transform. Okay. I'll, I'll, let me finish. Verse 7. Now the ministry of death, carved in letters of stone, came with such glory that the Israelites could not look at Moses' face, face, rather, Moses' face, because of its glory, which was being brought to an end, will not the ministry of the Spirit have even more glory? You hearing this? For... If there was glory in the ministry of condemnation, the ministry of righteousness must far exceed it in glory. Indeed, in this case, once what once had glory has come to have no glory at all because the glory that surpasses it. For if, it, for if what was being brought to an end came with glory, much more will what is permanent have glory. Are you hearing all of this? Transformation can't happen unless it's a complete shift. Unless it's a complete opposite. Does this make sense? Yeah. Right? It's, this is black and white for you. Okay? I look like this, therefore I am this. Right? I submitted to this, now I submit to something completely different. Personal transformation sounds like that. Yes? I was this. Here's where I am. Does it stop? Is it one moment type of thing? No. Right? But you will see shifts, just like Jaden said earlier. Like, I used to talk this way, but now I talk a little bit differently. Right? And then Jaden's going to look back at this moment tonight in 10 years and say, wow, I, I talked really weird then. Now look at where I'm at. Right? Transformation never stops, right? Just like it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11, it's permanent. Yes? Once you sign up, I'm trying not to jump. Once you sign up to say yes to Jesus at that revival moment, this transformation process begins at that moment. Just like much, many of you guys just alluded to in your examples that you just gave. But if that ends, if your transformational period has ended, you got a big whoopsie daisy on your forehead, right? Because you're going to be transforming for the rest of your life. Yeah. Right? This makes sense? Okay. A couple other scriptures if you want to read on your own time, um, just to kind of study this topic a little bit more for my... What's that? Bereans? Yeah. Second Corinthians chapter five and then Ephesians chapter four. And you'll be able to tell. I'm not going to give you the verses.
so like I said at the beginning of all of this, now we're going to kind of bring both of the topics back up, okay? Just to help you kind of track with me, all right? So we talked about revival, then we talked about transformation, now we're going to talk about both of them, okay? You with me? Yeah. Good. So like I said at the beginning, it's interesting because one without the other is going to be dangerous and vice versa, right? If I have a revival and then there's no transformation, oopsie, right? But if I don't ever have a revival and I'm just, and I'm trying to be transformed, then another oopsie, right? The best way I could put this is this. Revival is like buying a house that's in terrible shape, leaving it the way it is, and then calling it new because you moved in, right? No transformation took place at all, but you called it new. Right, just because someone different occupied the space. Yeah. You getting me? Transformation is buying a house and then remodeling the house. Right? Or rather, transformation is probably more acts to buying the house, but just remodeling a house. Transformation is just, okay, cool, there's a house there, I'm gonna remodel it. Right? Wouldn't it be weird if you bought a dump of a home and then you just moved into it and called it transformed and you made an Instagram page about it and said, Oh my gosh, look at all the work that I've done. Oh, there's a dead rat there, but I, it, it's new cause I moved in. Right. Are you getting what I'm saying here? Yeah. And then even, even weirder is that you would just go and knock down doors in somebody else's house and transform it and remodel it and then be like cool it's transformed you get what i'm saying here yeah so let's bring this back all the way full circle here revival is buying the house and great i'm glad that you bought it. i'm great i'm really glad that you bought the house right because it was bought with a price that price was nothing that you paid for it was actually everything that jesus paid for this house, just for sake, let's call it a temple, okay? So revival is a temple, and, and that temple has been bought with a price. And just because someone new moved into that house does not make it new. The someone new in the house has to be a part of this process of making it new and redeeming this house and bringing this house full circle, right? You getting what I'm saying? Just because I had a revival and a, and a Jesus encounter but I didn't transform, leaves me in just as bad a shape as somebody else hopefully moved in. Yes? Are you with me? It's a little challenging. Okay. Then transformation. Nobody knew moved into the house, but you're just hoping somebody's going to break into the house and renovate change it, remodel it, right? But there was no purchase of it because you didn't believe in it. You just wanted to get to the end. Like I said, both are very good things, but the lack of one thing and the lack of the other thing can lead to a lot of confusion in your life, yes? Mm -hmm. So I guess the question I need to pose to you is which one do I find more value in? 
have I put so much value on just chasing personal revivals my entire life? Say, oh, I had a new encounter with Jesus. I had a new, I had a new encounter with Jesus. He called me into something new with Jesus, right? All of these things. I just had another revival, and now I'm chasing another revival. And and I, I've actually fallen into this habit of just chasing, not me personally, of just chasing revivals and chasing moments and chasing healings so I have more testimonies to share to nobody. Did you hear me? Or am I valuing my transformation more? We already know who the revivalist is. And by that, I'm being transformed and transformed and transformed and transformed and transformed into the renewing of who he's called me to be. Does this make sense? Again, one without the other leads to a little bit of chaos. If I have no revival in the transformation process, what am I transforming into? Oh, maybe it's a movement on Instagram. Maybe it's a political party. Maybe it's this. Maybe it's that. Maybe it's somebody else. Maybe it's your significant other that you're dating and you're being transformed into the renewing of so-and-so, right? Who are you being transformed into being? Because in John 15, it says that he is divine and I am the branches. He had to be planted, for lack of a better term, in order for me to grow. He had to be established in order for me to become anything at all. And that's the transformation process. This makes sense? Yeah. I hope I'm communicating this right, because I really want to get this across right. Reminds me of... Six months in my life that I was um, so sick with a concussion, and it just—I mean, it's like I would just go. To, uh, it was my fr like freshman year of college, and I would just go to class and go home and throw up all the time, and like this was—I couldn't do anything, and I couldn't even watch TV. Like it was just awful. And um, every day before I, I would go, I got a obviously a headache with my concussion, and I would go to sleep with that same headache wake up the next morning with that headache it's not like the headache came and went it was like a worst headache of my life for six months straight all day every day and i would pray every single day before i left the house like lord please heal me today if not just give me the strength i need to go through this day and it wasn't because of a lack of faith but it was truly because of a like i want this so bad but god i know but i just i had such a dependency on the lord that it wasn't that I didn't believe he was going to heal me, but it was like, until you do, I'm just going to know more and more about you. And I'm just going to depend on you more, which was a beautiful thing. And like, I am proud of myself for those six months. Cause I, I was so dependent on the Lord and it was a process of getting to that end point of healing that took a long time. And that was really, really hard, but I was glad to be knowing the Lord through it. And there's been other processes in my life to a destination that I haven't been proud of the process, you know, but that one I really was. And I could look back and be like, yeah, I know the Lord so much more. And I was, I don't know, and after I could tell you like where I was sitting in my house and exactly what I was doing the moment I was healed. Um, and the moment I got to that destination, if you will, but 
that also was the same week that I, in worship, said that to the Lord. And that was right after I was healed when I was like, okay, like, I need to go one way or another. Am I going to choose the Lord or not? And um, so, yeah, I don't know. It just reminds me of that, of that six month process that was really hard, but like physically, but it wasn't hard spiritually because I was so dependent on the Lord. Um, and being proud of that process and proud of myself for being so dependent on the Lord and then getting to that destination and then just kept going. You know, I didn't, I didn't stop. I got to the destination of healing and it led me onto more of the Lord, you know, yeah. um, kind of like catapulted me into my spiritual walk with the Lord. So that's cool. What was the verse that you were telling me about at the kitchen? In Romans that you read? It was in Romans 13, that was towards the end. Like working, 13 you said? It was like working all things together. And the Lord works everything together for the good of those who love him. Where's that? I don't know, it was after Romans 10, but I don't remember which chapter. Yeah. What was it? Lord works everything for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. Did you guys hear that? Yeah, really. Can somebody Google it and find it? Jaden? The Lord works all things. What is it? For the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. Thanks, Google. All right. It reads, and we know that those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. I want to end with this. And, um, yeah, I want to end with this. Sometimes we think the process is hard. And that it's long and it's treacherous and I've got to jump through hoops and valleys and I've got to, I've got to pull out an AK-47 and fight off the enemy all the time. That means we're not seeing the good of the Lord in the process. That means by our definition, I'm ripping this off from my wife, okay? I'll give her credit because this kind of, this ties in perfectly. She didn't know that I was sharing this tonight. This means that according to my standard, the process is hard. And it's not going the way that me as myself, as God, thinks that it should go. You hearing me? Yeah. Right? If I think the process is hard, then I don't have kingdom mindset. If I think the process is long, then I don't have a kingdom mindset. Okay, this is important. Why? Because we see Peter and Paul get locked up in jail all the time. Does that look hard and treacherous? Yeah, because of my definition of what that looks like. What is their definition? Oh, man, this is sweet. Let me take some time and write Ephesians. Oh, this is sweet. Let me just save a couple security guards in the midst of this. 
Oh, this is sweet. Let me pray. Let me worship. This is awesome. I have no responsibilities except for to shut down and worship the Lord. What a concept. Yeah. Right? Why? Because they understood this verse. They understood this reality. It wasn't even a verse back then. They actually wrote it. Right? <laughs> So let me read it again with that, with that, with that lens. And we know that though, for those who love God, oh my gosh, those who love God, this is a bold statement. Yes. And we know is how it starts. And we know this because those who love God, all things work together for good. They all work together for good. He is the standard of good. Not my standard of good, Right. I could say a steak's good. But he's saying, no, I made the earth and it is good. I made you and it is good. That's his standard of good. Right? What's that standard? Pretty much the gravitational pull being in perfect, perfect alignment. Right? All of the veins and the nerves in our body in perfect alignment. Right? That is his standard of good. His standard of good is perfection. You're hearing me tonight. Yes? Are you actually, though? Because you should be like, oh, this, that's how I was when she was telling me. Like, this is fascinating. His standard of, of good is perfect. We have created this standard of good by our definition because we think we're pretty smart of like, well, here's my standard of good and this sucks. Well, actually, no, this is by divine design that the Lord set that up. So if it's hard and long and treacherous, you're not finding the joy of the Lord in that process, right? And that was the that was the whole point of the vision that the Lord gave me was to correct that. I'm like, man, this freaking sucks. I want to get to the next part, Lord. Right? Move on with the storyline, Lord. This is, I mean, it's, this is cool part, but like, move on. I want to get to December first, right? Yeah. I'm done with November. I want to get to December first, right? Do you get what I'm saying here? I get that things kind of suck sometimes. I do. I get it. Why? Because we have a standard. We have a lens that we're looking through titled good, and we're putting it on. And we say, oh, that sucks. Actually, that does not suck. Take that lens off and say, Lord, what do you think? Because he's like, oh, man, my plan is falling into perfect place right now. Unless it's self-inflicted. We're not going to talk about self-inflicted tonight, though. Right? We're going to talk about what the Lord has mapped out. Because on paper, Paul and Peter, man, they, <laughs> Stephen, that doesn't sound so good. Getting stoned to death doesn't sound good. Right? But it was exactly what the Lord had. It was exactly the promise that the Lord had. Why? Because he sealed it and said he could see into heaven. Oh, okay. So it must be good then. You hearing me? Let me read it one more time. And we know that for those who love God, where's this? Love God. What's that sound like? Revival. That's your personal revival. Yes? All things work together. What's that sound like? Transformation. The process. Yes? Mm -hmm. Let me read it one more time. And we know that for those who love God, all things, not just some things, all things, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. 
wow. Are you like, does that blow your mind? Or is it like, okay, cool. Yeah. All right. I'm still going to use my lens though, Lex. No, your lens sucks. Your lens literally sucks. Right? I've I've said all that I've I've said so many times over my own life, man. This is not good. This is not good. This is not good. But then the Lord is saying, actually, I set that up. Don't why why who am I to dog the Lord's plans? Right? He revived me so he could finish something through me by a transformational process. Right? Mm-hmm. Transformation does not just happen overnight, right? Sometimes it feels like it does when I put a pie in the oven and then all of a sudden it looks something very, very different. Or I put a ball of dough together and then all of a sudden it looks like a cookie. I get that. You're spoiled, right? Y'all are spoiled, right? Sometimes we've got a cold house and then all of a sudden you hit a couple up arrows and then all of a sudden it's a warm house and it's completely transformed, right? All of these things, we're so spoiled. Meanwhile, there's other people saying, well, I've actually got to go chop down a tree first. And then I have to split that wood and then I have to put it in a fireplace and then I've got to somehow figure out how to get a spark so that it'll light. So then I can have heat in my house. You see that process, right? Meanwhile, the process that's going in in my furnace right now, when I hit those buttons, all of that process is so fast. And we're spoiled. That's why the Lord spoke to me and said, Lex, it's easier when you walk. It's easier when you walk, man. Slow down. And it was a weird, I mean, I, I've, I've had visions before, but like this one keeps on, and I, you, you, you'll probably sound like, well, he's a heretic, he's just making it up. But like, I'm getting more clarity as time goes on over this vision. And I'm remembering things of what actually happened in the vision, right? And it's interesting. It's the it, it's first time that one's, that's ever happened to me. Usually it's just like, okay, here's a picture, here you go. But no, this one's like, okay all of these different kind of elements of what the Lord was trying to communicate to me. Are you hearing me tonight? Yeah. So which one do you value more? Are you chasing revivals or are you chasing transformation tonight? Revival sounds fun. Quick. Wham, bam, right? All of a sudden it's in your lap. Sometimes it is a rededication kind of look. Sometimes it is just like, oh my gosh, he got me out of that situation. I've got to focus on it now, right? Mm-hmm. We've all made deals like that. Give me an A on this test, right? Not you, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Benji. <laughs> Benji just knows. All right. I really want us to grasp this. I really want you to think about what you are actually chasing Am I just focused on the destinations and the destination and the destination? Because I'm sorry, and I've, I, this has happened to me. So let me, let, me, let me talk a little life experience, and then I'll shut up, okay? I promise. And I'm not preaching life experience. I'm telling you my life experience, okay? When I was about 22, I was bankrupt. 
not like literally financially bankrupt, but I was bankrupt as a human being. So what happened was I was chasing revivals, my own little personal revivals. It was, it was cool. I, I, a lot of people thought I was very, very legit, especially if you knew me when I was, when I, when I was going through that. Yeah. People thought I was legit. People were getting healed. You know, we were seeing a lot of things, you know, and sure you could call it my ministry, whatever. But there was revival moments happening every single like, moment that I can remember when I was that age. And then all of a sudden I was bankrupt. Because in that process, I wasn't being transformed. I was just chasing revival, 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 revival. It was a lot of fun. I'll tell you what, it was fun. But actually in this trans transformation period that I'm in now, Oh my gosh, it's way more fun. Right? It, it, it is. I, I, I mean, I'm telling you. I'm not asking you. I'm telling yeah. you. It's way more fun. The illumination of the word that I'm in right now, right? I've never had this in all my years. It's been following the Lord 10 years. It's my 10-year anniversary of following the Lord. Right? I've never had this level of understanding of the scripture. Why? Because I'm actually being transformed. I'm not just chasing revivals of what did happen and how it did work and what it looked like that time or what it look, didn't look like that time. Does that make sense? If I just chase revivals, it'll get you by for a little bit. But then all of a sudden you'll be like, oh my gosh, I know this. I know nothing. I'm bankrupt. That's why, I'm, I mean, Romans 12 is so profound. Don't be conformed. It's easy to be conformed, especially in a community that's really open to the spirit. Really easy to be conformed into, okay, cool. I'm just going to chase revivals because that's what it looks like they're doing. No. It's not who your leaders are. Are being transformed and there's little revival moments that we get to partake in it's awesome right because in the transformation there is this process and there is this destination of getting the next you know things that the lord has in store for me right and you frankly this makes sense i really want to get this across tonight that's why i've asked that so many times i really want you to understand this tonight what are you valuing I caught myself in my quiet time this morning thinking of, all right, how could I preach that? I was reading the word. How could I preach that? What would that look like? Not any focus on the Lord. Yeah. How could I be legitimized by the preaching of that passage? Nope. That's not what this is. This makes sense. Don't rush the transformation. Be a part of the process. He loves it. He values it. He admires it. Right? I love that Blake spoke up and said, yeah, I think of me and my dad doing projects. Right? Awesome. That, not only does Blake's dad value that, obviously Blake does too. Right? Maybe you guys don't have that same story. 
Who cares? Make it. You've been a great father up in heaven. Right? Just think of the process of learning the guitar, right? Hot cross buns at first, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> and then now all of a sudden you're writing music. What's next? Right? Don't end up like me with the guitar where you're just like, okay, now I can play it. It gets me by. <laughs> Just move the capo anywhere where I want to play a different key, right? I know you see it. Um, okay, cool, right? All of these things, like, okay, don't get stuck. Don't just be like, well, this is it, right? It'd be really lame if you stayed in the same spot where you were in Fortnite, level one. You're just like, oh man, this freaking, right? What's next? You get what I'm saying? I really need you to understand fall in love with the transformation. Guys, the part that's, when you say like it's not hard, um, like having a concussion was hard, but what wasn't hard is walking with the Lord. And, and the physical, earthly parts, if we think that's hard, and then we therefore think the process is hard, we're not looking at the Lord. Because those things don't matter. If there's any concussions in heaven, no, those things don't matter. It's like, yeah, that's hard, but it doesn't matter. So why would I even say this process is hard when I'm then talking about physical things and earthly things? I'm not talking about the Lord anymore. I have to separate those things and understand that walking with the Lord is not hard. And that's what matters. So I should value that way more than the physical that's going on. Yeah, of course. So just let it be hard and understand that walking with the Lord is not. 